SMS is the most powerful marketing channel, stronger than ever. The best and most effective personal communication channel. The trials and tribulations of verification. We don't have all the answers. How do you ratchet up the value of every message? Finding that that happy medium is in text. Welcome back to the State of Business Texting podcast. Yeah, welcome. Today we are talking healthcare. Healthcare is one of the spaces we've seen some of the biggest transformation through messaging. And today, Kim Howland is joining us to talk about the state of messaging in healthcare specifically. This is part five in our state of messaging series. And if you haven't listened to our first episodes yet, or you want to check out the written report that accompanies this series, please head on over to bandwidth.com to do so. But without further ado, Kim, tell us about your role at Rectangle Health, maybe a little bit of an introduction to just yourself and and your mission. All right, that sounds great. So I'm Kim Hallett. I'm the SVP of product at Rectangle Health, and I have spent my entire career in healthcare. So I started off in consulting, and I spent about 10 years helping pharma and biotech companies commercialize new technologies, and then I moved into product, first at OmniCell. We made the solutions that move and track meds and supplies through hospital systems. And eventually I transitioned to running product just for the division of Omnisol called Enliven Health that served retail pharmacies. And that's where I got involved in the patient engagement space. We developed an omni-channel communication platform that really helped pharmacies stay engaged with patients. And it was then that I really learned the value of communicating with patients in the way that they want to be communicated with for the task at hand. And from there, I was recruited to Rectangle, Rectangle Health. And our value or our goal at Rectangle is to really help simplify the business side of healthcare. So I went to medical school and I know a lot of people who practice medicine, but I don't know a single person that went to school because they wanted to run a business. But unfortunately, when you think about running a small medical practice or dental practice, practice, physical therapy, a lot of what you're doing to be able to provide patient care has to do with the business side of it. So you need to make sure your schedule is full. You have to make sure you have enough staff to provide care. You have to make sure you get paid. I mean, you have to make sure your patients in general get a really good experience. So at Rectangle Health, our goal is to be everything that the practice management system is not and really help fill the gaps and automate as much as we can about running the business side of healthcare so that all of our clinicians out there could focus on what they want to be focused on, which is providing good care to patients. Awesome. That is really interesting. I did not know that you went to medical school. You are, I think, the smartest person. I'll speak for myself. You're the smartest person on this podcast right now. Second, second. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) But Kim, a lot there, and it sounds like recent years, you've been spending a lot of time focusing on how do we get that patient experience to be as good as possible? And so I know that we have talked about this before, but bandwidth last year, we ran a survey to over a thousand patients and we asked them about how do they prefer to be communicated with from their provider, from their doctor, and what do they like? What do they not like? What do they want to see in the industry? And one of the findings that we found was 55% of those patients would be willing to leave their current practice if that provider wasn't able to communicate via text message to them. And so you being an expert and really building Rectangle's product management organization around creating that good patient experience, 
How are you seeing that demand for texting manifest in your business and the businesses that you're working with, all the clients and the customers that you're you're having conversations with? Yeah, that's a great question. I've even seen a statistic that as high as 85% of patients prefer texting over email or phone calls. To your point, I mean, that transitions into who they're even selecting to to receive care. So some of the things that we've been really focused on is how do we make sure the practices have the ability to engage their patients digitally? And because staffing can be an issue, making sure even that the patients can initiate some of that communication or initiate some of those tasks through text messaging. So some of the things that we've done over the last year, one is make it possible for our customers to send text messages to patients with outstanding balances. And it sounds crazy, but if you can just send those messages to patients once a week or once a month that owes your practice money, you can see a pretty big business impact. So we had a customer who went from $8 million of accounts receivable, implemented our bulk text to pay, and that dropped to $3 million. So what we find is that it's not that patients don't want to pay, but you need to make it easier to pay. So that's just, that's one example. So some of the other things, I think our customers were dealing with staffing shortages before the pandemic, but it's gotten even worse. And we did a survey, we found 82% of our customers felt like those staffing shortages were negatively impacting the care they could provide to their customers. So our engagement solution, when the practice management system allows it, we can actually put the scheduling into the hands of the patient. So we can have the patient request appointments for days and times that they want and drop that right into the schedule, frees up staff time, and makes the patient have some ownership over that. Um, so that's one way that we've done that. There's a statistic out there that it close to 20% of patients don't show up for their scheduled appointments. So two problems with that, right? The practice suffers financially, but also the patient is disengaging from, from healthcare and not getting the care that they need. So our reminder solution, we've shown that we can get back about 30% of those patients will then show up for their appointments, better for the practice, better for the patient. But furthermore, we've advanced that to be able to, if the patient says no, they can't come, we'll just send them a link to schedule and the patient can reschedule. We have a wait list capability. So if they say no and now that slot is open, we can just text message out to the wait list and fill that slot for the for the practice. So a lot of value for the practice and the patients and putting some of that back into the hands of the patients. That's so interesting. And I, I feel like a lot of those examples and use cases that you just highlighted really speak specifically to just increasing accessibility overall. We we actually, in another podcast, spoke specifically about how messaging as a channel really helps the equity as far as communications are concerned. And and I wonder, without leading the witness too much here, like how important is sort of messaging for establishing equity in communications and just lifting up that accessibility factor? Um, I think it's hugely important. And there's uh, the main reason I think is because you remove the need for patients to have to call the practice during business hours, right? So you can start having those patients be able to communicate with the practice on their own time. And to me, that could be a huge value for, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are working jobs where they can't step away for five minutes or 10 minutes during the day to engage with their healthcare providers. 
So by making that communication and that engagement possible any time of the day or day of the week, I think really improves accessibility to the healthcare system. So that's one way that we see that as being very important. Yeah. And before we move on, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Have you or a loved one been wronged, neglected, or downright ghosted by undelivered messages? You may be entitled to better support. Deliverabilititis is a rare condition linked to a lack of campaign registration approval, heartburn, and a poor customer experience. Exposure to a bad experience from customers, service providers, competitors to bandwidth, or La Chupacabras may have put you at risk. Please don't wait. Call 1-800-808-5150 for a consultation to see how you can get better messaging support. When it comes to delivering raw, unbridled messaging, it doesn't take just a tool. It takes a force of nature. With the heart of a lion and the soul of a warrior, we aren't just your average business. Bandwidth is here to tame your messaging beast. With more torque than a herd of stampeding buffalo. Leave the slow lane in the dust and embrace the messaging frontier. Saddle up with bandwidth. Speaking back to the episode that we're talking about, that context was in education, widely applicable to the whole population. Same thing with healthcare, right? Everyone needs to go see a provider at some point in their lives. Lowest common denominator of being able to communicate is usually that of, of texting. And so kind of leads me into to thinking, Kim, like, you as the the leader of the product management organization, you're probably thinking a lot about where is the industry going? What are our customers asking us for? You spoke about a lot of very integral use cases, being able to collect outstanding bills, being able to get your patients to actually show up or giving them the option to say, no, I'm not going to be able to show up and give them the ability to get another appointment. What are some other like messaging use cases that you are exploring yeah, that's a great question. So a couple of things. One is being able to proactively message patients to pull them back into practice. So for patients who have chronic diseases that are supposed to be engaging regularly with their providers, we all understand why it happens, right? People get busy, they forget to make that next appointment. And we are developing the capability of looking at that patient population and reaching out and reminding them why they should be scheduling a new appointment with their provider. But in addition to that, you also mentioned education. Being able to provide patients with resources through text messages, even if it's just links to online resources about the importance of the care that they are undergoing or should be receiving, can help get those patients re-engaged with the healthcare system. So that's one area that we're focused on. Another area is to continually or to continue to build some of the integrations between the solutions. Again, we were in the payment space as well, but when a patient does sign up for a new appointment and if they have an outstanding balance, being able to remind them to pay that balance, you know, right during that appointment confirmation message where they're thinking about it, right? So a lot of it is just, you know, making it so easily accessible for them. So educational resources, making sure that they're engaged with their physicians and making sure that they're paying the money that they owe so they can continue to get care are all areas that we're focused on. And of those use cases, you could argue that those use cases could potentially involve the transmission of what we would call PHI or protected health information. And so when we're thinking about that, 
as a communication service provider, we actually have something called a BAA, Business Associate Agreement, that that we would sign on your behalf that sort of we're standing up and saying, yes, we can, we can attest that these channels are secure and that they will help you and your customers conform to HIPAA standards. And so I'm not sure how much of that do you actually see a demand for? Because when we're going to market, we, we see a mix. Some providers that intentionally avoid putting PHI into messages and some that lean into it. So, so just curious what your experience is. Yeah, that's another great question. So in my experience, it very much depends on the use case, but in all scenarios, you can get more value to that patient if you are able to discuss PHI. So as long as you opt that patient into that, I do think it's functionality that should be made available. Now, it should also be customer specific because if customers don't feel like they can put the appropriate protections in place, either managing the opt-ins or opt-outs or ensuring that their staff is not sending PHI inappropriately, that we want to make sure that we don't blanket allow it. But we found a lot of value in opting patients into receiving some PHI over the text messaging, again, because it can boost their engagement with their healthcare provider. It makes them less likely to ignore the message. So I do really think it's important to provide that opportunity to our customers. Yeah. And that aligns a lot with what we've heard, Kim, kind of referencing the same survey that I talked about at the top. We also asked these patients, how comfortable are they with PHI being sent over certain channels, text being one in particular? And we actually heard more than half is comfortable with PHI going through text. And it seems like that's exactly what you're hearing, what your customers are probably bringing you back with market intelligence. Would you agree? Absolutely. That's very in line with what we've seen. That's awesome. It's it's good to get real confirmation. I did want to ask you specifically about 2023 and then looking into 2024, what you would consider like a big win or a major initiative that you think that the industry successfully tackled or maybe left on the table in this past year and then something that maybe you're carrying forward into 2024. I mean, in 2023, we're carrying into some of the advancements that started during the pandemic of having customers or patients, in fact, be more comfortable engaging in healthcare with their phone and with messaging. So I think that that was sort of the culmination of, you know, people forced to do things remotely, becoming comfortable with digital messaging during the pandemic, and then seeing how much more we can do through messaging. So I think that was a big win. What I would say was less of a win is some of the regulations. You know, now it takes longer to be able to verify a phone number, make sure that business is a valid business that should be sending messages. So you used to be able to start, you know, sending messages during that pending process. Now you can't. That's a little bit of a bummer. And I think, you know, the deal with spam, like we all get so many text messages that are spam. And one thing we're working really hard on and we started in 2023, we'll carry into 2024, is really making sure that we help our customers do everything they can so that the patients don't report those messages as spam right? You opt them in, you make sure all the messages say the practice name and, you know, do everything you can to make that patient very comfortable getting those messages so they don't hit that button that's so easy now on phones, which is report spam. So moving into 2024, doing a lot more work to make sure that we can recall patients, we can make sure patients can self-schedule whenever they can, 
making sure that they can have what I would call asynchronous communications with their providers. So they can initiate conversations over the weekend and the providers can answer when they get back. Continuing to connect the payments and the engagement workflows are all things that we're working on next year and just more integrations with more practice management systems. So we can, again, fill any gaps that exist in those practice management systems today and make sure that, you know, the waitlist functionality, the public review functionality, recall functionality is available to as many of our customers as we can make it available to. That's awesome. And I'm actually glad you brought up the challenges that you are facing and your customers are facing with regards to just the changing structure of rules and regulations around business texting. It's a challenge across different verticals. And obviously being in the position we are, we have customers across different verticals, you yourself in the healthcare space that serves, you know, the actual end business is there, but we work across various different verticals and use cases are often specific use cases fall outside of sort of the the large, broad strokes, big animal pictures that have been drawn as far as the roles. And so one specifically I've seen in the healthcare space, right, that I'm actually working on right now with our internal teams and all of our, you know, aggregator and carrier partners to really lift up into the limelight is the struggle specifically in, in the healthcare space on educational content versus the negative content, right? The systems aren't smart enough. The systems are not smart enough to distinguish between stop smoking versus, hey, buy this. Want a cigarette? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, and that's, and it's a struggle. And it's a struggle across education content, addiction content, you know, good educational content that we need to get out to uh, recipients and users on the lines of the accessibility that we talked about earlier. It's something that the industry in general needs to rally around because it is, it is use case specific. Obviously we don't want texting to serve nefarious purposes and drugs do fall into what would be called shaft C content, right? So the, the sex, hate, alcohol, tobacco, firearms, cannabis, sort of like the, the controlled substances. And so are you seeing that? And, and just maybe any comments that you would add there? Yeah. No, absolutely. So we spend a lot of time with our customers, educating them on the difference between marketing and not marketing and healthcare, right? It can become a fine line to your point, right? So you know, you may have a patient with, you know, whatever disease and you want to remind them they need to take their medication, but you, you have to do that in a non-drug specific way so it doesn't fall into potentially being a marketing message, right? And so we advise our customers to really focus on the indication or, you know, having those patients get materials that are very educational in nature, but it stimulates some sort of call to action so that you can then have the more specific treatment-related conversations through a different modality. But I do think it's something that our whole industry is going to have to address because, again, there's so much value that you can provide to customers through the phone, but you've got to you know, really walk that line between marketing and education or healthcare-related content. Yeah. And it's funny, you, you've brought this up now twice, the the medication adherence use case, people who have chronic illnesses or just anything and their providers want to make sure that they are actually taking the medication prescribed for them to get healthier, right? To, to lower their own healthcare costs. And it's funny that even those messages could probably be be caught in these these filters, even though it's a really good use case. It's a really desirable thing. And so love to hear that, that we are kind of on the front lines, like advocating and 
educating the carriers and the aggregators about why this should be treated differently. Kim, wanted to kind of switch the the topic a little bit. And you you talked about a trend that you're seeing around the rules and regulations of business text messaging changing. Want to flip the script and talk specifically about healthcare. If you're seeing any trends in the way patients desire provider communications or anything like that within healthcare specifically that you have got your eyes on that other listeners who may also be operating in the healthcare space of which we've got a number of customers there as well. What is something like you're paying attention to keeping the pulse on that folks might be also as well? Um, I think I've alluded to this previously, but allowing patients to initiate contact with their providers is something that we have made available. And for our customers that have adopted that two-way texting, um, they really see a lot of value out of it. And the, the benefit there is, again, you're allowing the patient to initiate the conversation at a time that works for them get, and feel like they're more connected and more engaged with your practice. And I think initially that was something that was a little like, whoa, I'm going to, you know, I've had someone monitoring those incoming text messages. But if you do it in the right way, I do. I really believe that you see the benefits of that. So, you know, other people out there figuring out how to do that in a sustainable way for their practices. And then, I mean, we've touched on it all a lot, but just the continual utilization of the of texting in healthcare, right? So the growth of that, I think, as as all of us as consumers become so comfortable doing everything through our phones, you know, healthcare is catching up. So as much as you can do and provide value through that. You know those forms that you fill out in your, you know, when you go to the physician office and you have to fill out all those forms every time, you know, making those available, like sending the patients a link to fill that out in advance, right? They don't have to show up a half an hour early for their appointment because they can do it on their own time, you know, at night or on the weekends or what have you. So just continuing to try to find as many ways as possible to have the patients do the work that they need to do at a time that they can fit it into their schedule. I love that you brought that up as a new dad who has almost a two-year-old being able to fill out forms for him (laughs) well ahead of being in the waiting room. Man, that is incredibly helpful. You don't want to hold a squirmy toddler in a waiting room? While I'm writing with my left hand, my non-dominant hand. Exactly. So super thankful for that. But Kim, thanks so much for joining us today. Know that your time is precious. Appreciate you you jumping on. I know we could talk all day about this, but for all of our listeners, we're going to let you guys explore more in our interactive state of messaging report at stateofmessaging.com. Kim, thanks so much. And we will talk to you guys later. Till next time. Cheers. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Kim.